Hey guys, I'd like to change up the formula just a little bit by telling you a story I'd like to call Hide and Seek. I guess there comes a time in most people's lives when they are overwhelmed with a sense of nostalgia and seek to reclaim their youth in some way or another. That time for me came when I was in high school. I guess I need to elaborate just a bit on this because that seems like an awfully young age for such sentiment. You see, I was a sickly child and spent long times confined to hospital beds watching other children play and run around. In all honesty, I was a bit jealous. I never had that time to experience, so I guess that's why I tried to recapture that ephemeral nostalgia that one night with my friends. I wanna say we were all sophomores, or maybe juniors in high school. I had a fairly tight-knit group of friends. We did almost everything together. We hung out, studied, and even experimented a little bit. I think it was that unity, that bond, that gave me the courage to even propose my childish idea. We were hanging out in the depths of my old neighborhood. That was the ideal place for teenagers like us because a construction company was building a series of new houses trying to sell them to new families at acceleratedly inflated prices. They were early in their construction, so the houses were pretty much bare-bone builds and lacked any real depth or accommodations essential for any typical housing. This was the perfect place to drink, smoke, and generally get up to no good. The construction company put large keypad locks on the doors, but most hadn't been locked up properly, so sneaking in was a relatively easy task. Like I said, we were hanging out in one of those soon-to-be homes. We were passing a joint between all of us, trying to wax philosophically. It was my best friend Brian, his girlfriend Sarah, and Casey, the girl I had a crush on at the time. Oh, and me, of course. We all tried to talk intelligently, but looking back, our ideas were anything but sophisticated. Sarah was complaining that there wasn't anything to do out here, and it was in that moment I decided to risk it all and suggest that we play hide-and-seek. They balked at the idea as being childish, but with the addition of a few simple rules, it spiced it up just enough that they consented. I set the rules as follows. Everyone seeks, and one person hides. The person to find the hider gets to ask them three questions. The last person to find the hider had to answer the three questions. We would all draw lots with matches and separate so the others could hide in secret. 
the person with the already lit and extinguished match would be the hider. I, of course, being duplicitous, made sure that Casey drew the dead match. I wanted the opportunity to get some alone time with her, get to know her a little bit. I think I did this in such a way to hide my childish infatuation with her, but I was too fearful of being called out on it. They were hesitant at first, but their reluctance melted away after finishing the joint. I was sure to put the matches in my hand with the extinguished one pointing out towards Casey. We drew and split apart with the intention of beginning the game after five minutes, giving the hider sufficient time to choose a hiding spot in one of three partially constructed houses on the block. It was late, but we weren't in any real hurry to get home. We had a system where we called out to our parents and told them we were staying at a different person's house. And then we would meet up and hang out and get into teenage shenanigans. We all discreetly looked at our lots. I was a seeker, and I assumed Casey was the one who had to hide. We all split apart so we wouldn't know where the hider was going. But I had a pretty good idea. When we arrived at the unconstructed neighborhood, Casey had taken a liking to the last house in the lane. I mentioned that I knew it and it was unlocked and we could possibly get in to explore it later on. We never did have the time to do so, so I know that would be probably the first place she would hide. She was drawn to that home and so I waited for five minutes before heading to the last house in the lane. The keypad lock hadn't been engaged, which meant the door would just simply swing open after a little push. I was lucky that the moon was so bright that night that it illuminated my way. Otherwise, I probably would have tripped several times walking up to the house. The construction company hadn't even put in street lights yet and it gave the neighborhood a small, eerie feeling to it. Upon reaching the door, I opened it and stared into the obsidian abyss that yawned before me. I won't lie, the dark put me on edge, but my desire to get closer to Casey drove me forward. I walked around the kitchen, but found no one there. My shoes thudded on the floor that hadn't any carpeting laid out just yet. I searched the first floor, but still no luck. I was beginning to wonder would I even find her in this darkness. The windows had been set, but were covered by partial board to prevent animals from sneaking in and setting up residence. I went upstairs with my hands running along the wall to steady myself since there wasn't a banister built in yet. I remember thinking to myself, this house was a death trap with its exposed wirings and lack of banisters and sheets of plywood laying around. 
The master bedroom was empty. But just as I was about to give up hope finding her, I heard the floor creak as someone moving across the room next to the bedroom. I found the sound, and as I strained my eyes in the darkness, I could see someone sitting in the middle of the unfurnished room. My heart started to beat in such rapid staccato. Yes, I finally found her. I sat down a few feet away and loudly proclaimed, <laughs> I found you. Now I get to ask you three questions. She was startled by the sound of my voice, but seemed to calm down as I continued to talk. I was so eager, and looking back, I realized how stupid I was being. You know what people say? That hormones are the strongest mind-altering drug on the planet? Yeah, they were right. There was only one way to make sure that it was Casey and not Sarah. I asked, Have you ever had sex? There was a pause that I chalked up to being a little bit of embarrassment. The only reason why I asked this question is because I knew from talking to Brian that Sarah was not a virgin and I knew that if Casey was from last night's drunken conversation with Sarah that she revealed a lot more than she should have about her friend she answered no certain I was talking to Casey and not Sarah. The voice gave that much away. And to be completely honest, my bravado had driven me this far forward, but it couldn't carry me past the next threshold. Truthfully, I'm glad I chickened out on my next question. My next question was going to be, do you want to have sex? Again, hormones. But I didn't ask that Boris question, no. In fact, in that moment, my mind had completely went blank. And all I could think about was Casey's sun-kissed hair. Or the way her smile sent a spark through me and made my heart beat so fast, I was worried that it would burst through my chest. We sat there in silence for a few minutes as I tried to think of something new to say to her. Another question. I kicked myself mentally worrying that I was going to appear a bit awkward. I would only get the one opportunity to impress her. And if I blew it, any chance I had with her would be ruined. So, finally managed to choke out. <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't know what to... I was abruptly interrupted by her hands slowly gliding across the floor until it were mere inches away. If I thought my heart was beating fast when I saw her, now it was a jackhammer in my chest. 
She wanted to get closer to me. Was she attracted to me? Did she feel the same way I did? Her action partially stole the words right from my mouth. I couldn't say anything. Couldn't think straight. I became aware of a sound that was quiet at first, but had grown as she had gotten closer to me. It was the sound of her breathing. Her breath came out quickly and in shallow puffs, like she had just finished running a lap around the neighborhood. It almost sounded sexual. Then again, to my mind back then, almost any stimuli could be perceived as being sexual in nature. (laughs) Goddamn hormones. But I wasn't sure what was going on. Honestly, I don't think I cared. I decided to move in close. I slid my hand from off my lap and moved it towards hers. I wrapped my hands around hers and held it. It was warm to the touch, but a little bit sweaty. But I'm sure my hands were no better. Her breathing hitched as soon as my hand touched hers. My heart partially exploded out of my chest and rocketed through the heavens. For a long time, I considered this to be one of the most romantic gestures in my life. Until I proposed and got married, that is. Holding hands in the darkness, listening to the sound of each other's breathing, Again, hormones. I decided to go for it. I slowly leaned into the darkness where I could see her form and I was going to kiss her. The girl I had pined for for almost two years, I was finally going to kiss her. Her breath smelled sickly sweet. like a really sugary honey. I mentally worried about what mine smelled like and prayed it didn't smell gross. She picked up on my oh-so-subtle signal and leaned forward to kiss me. Her lips were mere inches apart and seconds away from Nirvana. That is, until Sarah came thromping into the room. I mentally rattled off the series of curses and obscenities that would have made a sailor blush. She asked, what are you guys doing? I found Brian like 15 minutes ago. This immediately sent off alarm bells in my head, but I couldn't quite figure out why at the time. Sarah shifted her weight, and although I couldn't see it in the darkness, I'm pretty sure she had just raised her eyebrows. What have you two been getting into while we were playing your kids game? I understand, but don't make us jump through hoops and send me off thromping around in the darkness to find Brian while you two can just canoodle. I asked, dumbfounded. Brian was the one hiding? Sarah nodded and answered. He was just sitting out behind the houses. 
He's horrible at hiding. We got bored and decided to come look for you two. Something wasn't right. I had found Casey sitting in the room. If she wasn't the hider, then why was she sitting up here? I started to feel a cold sweat forming on my skin. Something was definitely wrong here. Brian was the final straw. He stepped into the darkness and I recognized his voice immediately. He had a way of talking that made anything he said come out in a resounding and booming tone. His voice reverberated. Did you find him, Sarah? I found Casey. His voice died out as I finally managed to voice the second question that I had been trying to ask since the very beginning. Do I know you? The voice softly replied, no. But the words were so pregnant with emotion that a shiver rattled through my spine. Casey wasn't in the room with us. She was outside the house. Whose hand was I holding? With my free hand, I reached into my pocket and pulled out the matches that we had just used to draw lots. I felt like my lungs were in a vice and I couldn't breathe. I dragged the match along the floor and it ignited. The little flame was sufficient enough to illuminate the form in front of me. Sarah shrieked, and Brian practically threw himself out of the room in fright. I jerked my hand free and accidentally extinguished the light after our short terror-filled look at the thing. In later conversations with Brian and Sarah, it seemed like we all saw something different in that transitory moment. Sarah swore she saw a malformed woman with bent and twisted fingers and limbs. Brian saw an ancient and decrepit woman with pendulous breasts and molded gray skin. What I saw gave me nightmares for weeks afterwards. I saw what looked like a woman her jaw was twisted open, like it had been dislocated. It was open so wide that it looked like she could fit my entire head into her cavernous maw. I was not sure if what that thing was, or what it was preparing to do in preparation for our kiss. Her fingers had extra joints and seemed unnaturally long and bony. She was gaunt, pale, with long mangy hair that hung like a bird's nest made of dead twigs. We all fled from the house. In my attempt to escape, I ran into the doorframe and gave myself such a terrible bruise that I had spent the next day icing it, warning that if I had broken my collarbone, we flew from the house like banshees from hell. Casey didn't believe our story, but to be honest, I didn't care whether she believed us or not. 
I know what I had saw. And what I had saw horrified me. Years have passed since that day. I graduated and settled down with a nice girl. Casey and I drifted apart years later after high school and moved into a nice house. The story drifted to the back of my mind and was washed away in the ebb and flow of day-to-day life. These memories re-emerged to the forefront of my mind like a raging tidal wave by the simplest things. A power outage of all things. My power had just gone out. I sighed at the inconvenience of it all and went down to the basement to find and check the circuit breaker. This was common enough occurrence due to the faulty wiring of the house that I could have found the circuit breaker and flipped it with my eyes closed. I didn't even need a flashlight anymore. The motion was so ingrained into my muscle memory at that point. It was there, as I fiddled with the circuits, I became aware of a sound. It was almost inaudible, but it steadily grew as I paused and listened to it. I couldn't identify it at first, but when I finally placed it, the memories flooded back to me. Sitting in the darkness, my hands entwined with that thing's hands and my mouth inches away from hers in preparation to kiss her pale skin. It was a sound of breathing, other than my own. And it sounded shallow and forced, like someone innervated it. I would have smiled if I wasn't so scared. It was almost sexual. voice spoke, and my stomach almost bottled out from dropping into the pit so quickly. You have one more question to ask me. In my basement, I realized that I was no longer the shy boy I once was in the darkness of that partially constructed house all those years ago. I had finally found my voice, and I didn't need to think of the words to say. As I asked my final question, already knowing the answer. Am I going to leave this basement? Hey guys, this is Darkness here. I just wanted to thank you for taking the time to listen to my story. I hope that it was appealing to you. And maybe it may have tingled your spine just a little bit. Unfortunately this week, due to things happening, I wasn't able to get as much as I wanted to get done with my analysis on the Frogman. But I will be bringing that to you soon. So... Stay tuned. Anyhow, 
on whichever medium you're listening to this on, whether it's Google, Apple, or Spotify, again, I would like to thank you so very, very much. And hopefully, you'll join me next week as we continue our journey into the darkness.